What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. <laughs> what song was it that we just sang? Um, oh, what a man, what a man. That one. What a man, what I was a trying man, to think of that man, song all morning. Man. All morning. I was like, what song is that? Sometimes your body slaps. I'm Mac. I'm Jubes. And today we're talking about creativity. Mm-hmm. Why? We're, we're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to figure out our thought process behind putting this down on our list. Mm-hmm. We got some good stuff. Yeah. I think what our thought process was, was that you had taken like a creativity psychology class mm-hmm. and then you had written a paper about it that I wanted to read. Yeah. And then we just completely forgot about that. Yeah. And then I researched the topic and I was like, this feels cheesy. <laughs> yeah. But and then, and then we remembered that. So then we added a whole bunch of like notes and stuff from your class now. Yeah. Which is pretty decent. Yeah. My paper for this class. Uh, I'm pulling up here. It's basically like the benefits of dreaming on creative thought processes. That's cool. And so based off of like this past month's book. Mm hmm. That's, I think, why I was thinking. Yeah, that would make sense. Creativity. Yep. But essentially, the whole point of my paper is showing the relationship of, like, different sorts of dreaming, including daydreaming and lucid dreaming, and how those um, strengthen the neural connections for, or and make new neural mm-hmm. connections through dreams. Right. Which enhances your creative process, because you're able to think of things differently. Yeah. You have a less rigid way of thought, and... Neurons are connected to different regions in your brain. Yeah. Which just kind of expands your mm-hmm. scope of thinking, I guess. Mm-hmm. But what's new with you, Mac? Well, by the time this is released, I would have spent three weeks in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this moment today, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have no reason to be tired, but I feel like it's just like burnout. Yeah. You know, that's from how being I was. on. Yeah, like earlier this week, like when I got home from the cabin, I was just like dead. Yeah. I was like, nope, no, thank you. I'm trying to think, I'm like, what have I done to be so tired? Well, you went to a concert last night. Okay, yeah, but. But still, like. But just in general, I feel like I've been playing catch up. Yeah. And I think now it's just finally hitting me. Yeah. And then I was sick the other day. Yeah, that's true. Your body's still kind of like recuperating. Yeah. Yeah. And then so. But it it's hard not to be hard on yourself because you're like, I've done nothing. Why am I so sleepy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I right? get that. There are people who do way more. Even I've done way more. Five months ago. Yeah. I don't know how I was functioning if I'm this tired right now. <laughs> yeah. But I know. I was like trying to think about like our last couple of weeks and then me just trying to be like, how would I have survived that if I also had to work a full time job? Mm-hmm. like well, things more would so, not have gotten done yeah well i'm more so thinking like how did i have a full-time job and still do everything i'm doing now mm-hmm. well it's kind of like it's the whole like for me right now is i've lost my sleep schedule mm. and so then it's so difficult for me to like 
wake up in the morning and start to do things. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I don't really have to get out of bed if I don't want to. Like, I should. And then I sleep in and then I just make myself more tired. Yeah. Like, that's what happened this morning. I, like, woke up and was ready to go. My circadian rhythm was like, it's morning time, bitch. And I was Rise like, grind, girl. I don't feel like getting out of bed. And then I <laughs> fell back asleep. And now I'm like, I should have just gotten up. <laughs> oh, that's one of the things. I could have been way more productive today. You do deserve a break, though. You have been doing a lot recently. Yeah. Tomorrow I'll break. A lot of, like... And go grocery shopping. Yeah. Just a lot of small tasks that just add up for exhaustion. Just lots and lots. Yeah. I still have lots to do, but hopefully after this week it'll be a little bit better to manage, but we'll see. Jaren deserves a round of applause for the podcast. She has been taking on so much. Thank you so much. And I am eternally grateful for her (laughs) right now, just while my brain is not... Not just not it. It's it's left the chat. Yeah, which is really good for today's topic, though, because I feel like when I was more like when my focus was on the podcast, mm-hmm. my creative thoughts were like up and down all over the place. Like yeah. I remember spouting things off of you, like well even, every day, even when we did like our latest photo shoot for our one year. Yeah. Um, neither of us were really like podcast focused at the time so like coming up with ideas and like actually mm-hmm. making it happen felt a little bit just like pulling nails or mm-hmm. whatever that saying is but when we did our original one it was just so easy because we were both like on the podcast this is exactly what we want we have a clear vision like yeah our creativity was just flowing yeah and like the photos still turned out amazing as you guys will see yeah but it's just like it was just a little bit more of a struggle almost yeah it was a slower start to get to get the ball rolling for sure mm-hmm. but Oh, well. Do you have no earrings in? I, yeah, I switched out. Um, I put my butterflies in. I like it. I don't know if they're twisted around right now. They kind of feel like they're They kind of were. It looked like you had like a backwards cross. No. Oh, that's cutie. I like that. The little emerald butterfly earrings that I got from my favorite jewelry store, Natteray. Oh, fun. And I. We should reach out to them to be an affiliate. I know. I need to. I already have for like my personal account. Oh, that'd be sick. I should press yes as well because I'm. A Natteray fan mm-hmm. through and through. They've got such nice jewelry. Mm-hmm. They really do. And especially because you have such sensitive... This isn't an ad, but you've got such no. sensitive skin. <laughs> <laughs> and like it just and it works. doesn't wear. It doesn't turn blue. And, and I, yeah, they don't turn your skin blue. And I, they like... I wear my, my evil eye and this other necklace like every single day. Mm-hmm. My Cupid is like one of the first ones that I got from them. And then I have like some sleeper earrings. I have some studs. I just... Yeah, I, I love their stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and then you got Alexa Matero one, I think, from there, mm-hmm. and I got you a, a Taurus one from mm-hmm. there, because I saw one at, like, Urban Outfitters, and I was like, absolutely no way. Like, <laughs> I know Michaela, and this is not going to go over well, mm-hmm. but I was no. lucky that they had almost the exact same one. I was like, that's kind of sick. Yeah. yeah. And so being someone who's so picky with jewelry, it's it's fun. It's nice to be able to, like, give my friends, like, a, a source, be like, mm-hmm. this is good for me. This is what I like. If you want to get me jewelry... From here, please. That's something that I've like, we talked about this on the way down to the cabin in one of our many adventures um, of just being like, not feeling shame about um, being so specific about what you want for Mm -hmm. gifts and like giving sources. (laughs) Yeah. Because I always laugh whenever my dad sends me like a screenshot of a tool that he wants for Father's Day or his birthday or whatever. But I'm actually like, that's so smart. Like, that's exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. And so then I've started doing it. (laughs) Oh no! I might make it. I might start making um Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a good idea. Like I think I'm just gonna do an Excel sheet, and I'm gonna have 
all the products that I use, um, ideas of things that I would like, mm-hmm. things, products that I use that I'm low on, things that I, I use this product, but don't buy from me right now because I have a full, I'm full on this product. Right. Or gift card locations, like places that I, I commonly, yeah, like frequently ask questions, but like frequently, if frequently purchase stopped stores yeah, exactly. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I and think then, that'd be a really good idea. I'll just color cord it, coordinate it and then I can, my friends be like, what do you want? I'll just give them my Excel spreadsheet and yeah. Go crazy. This is everything I use and everything I like. So you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Here are my body measurements. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want to buy me any clothes, please provide receipts just in case. Just in case. Yeah. No, because it, well, and with gifts right now, like we've kind of lost the whole like meaning behind gifts. And now we just like give gifts to give gifts. But I'm like, I don't want to give you something that you're never going to use. Like and a candle. You're just going to throw out. Right. Like even with other people, it's like, yeah, with christmas and shopping for um like bryce's mom i'm like i know that you like three things so i'm going to buy these three things every year for you for christmas but i want to kind of like step away Switch from it that up a bit. and not just be like she can guess exactly what i'm going to give her for christmas every year yeah but but that's where you have to like really actively listen to people mm-hmm. right and that's where like me taking note of the one sweater that you sent me on tiktok that <laughs> yeah, one time exactly like that was just like oh she sent me the sweater she said i need it i said like okay yeah i'll get it for you i got it yeah exactly (laughs) i just hope you don't get it for yourself right i know it's kind of funny luckily like her and i have started like sharing books like doing a little bit of a book swap so i'm getting a better understanding of what books she's actually like to read yeah instead of just being like oh you pointed out this one one time so i'll just buy you every single book in the genre ever (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) but oh well and then she just returns them to me anyways (laughs) yeah which works out but so much of me wants to buy you a coloring book but i know that that stresses you out i have so many that i don't use and that's exactly it right like i'm like i want to get you one so you can try to use it and try to calm down i know but at the same token i'm like that's not my place for me to buy you that gift i think about coloring a lot but i just end up (laughs) coloring everything as the rainbow because i don't want any colors to feel left out but I can't have any colors too close together that are kind of the same. And I have to use every color at least once. And I don't want to repeat colors. And it's just, it's so stressful. And it's not supposed to be. No. What's new with you, Jubes? I bonked my head today in the exact same spot that I landed on the hydrofoil. You can't tell we are pre-recording. It's like a son of a gun. Bryce came up behind me. I was just finishing up some research and, and like normally he'll come up and he'll kind of like shake the back of my chair. Oh, but no. the way that the legs were, he like shook it and I just fell flat on my back and just smacked my head and surprised both of us. And we both cried. It didn't hurt a lot. It was just so surprising and terrifying. Ow. <laughs> like, I'm so sorry. I was just gonna come up here and rattle your chair and then get some attention and then play my games. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, no, it was just an accident and just unfortunate timing. <laughs> I was like, Ouch! <laughs> exactly the same spot. Oh, well, Ow. yeah. Don't love that for so, you. There's probably a third time coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. 
Yeah, it was life. It wasn't bad. I thought I broke my glasses because they kind of like got caught on something and they were like <laughs> off when I landed. I was like, oh no, my glasses. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm laying on the floor and I can't see. <laughs> My head hurts. Oh, that's very loud. Oh my gosh. My sorry. neck muscles from throwing up hurt. Oh no. <laughs> it hurts so bad. Oh no. You don't, when you don't use those muscles, mm-hmm. but it's like all at the sides of my neck, like into my traps a little bit, just the hurling motion. That's the pain that I just got rid of the first time <laughs> I hit my head. <laughs> oh, well, they haven't been hard and I don't actually have a concussion. It's just been like, like, you know, sometimes when you knee yourself in the nose and it just hurts a lot, mm-hmm. but nothing actually happened. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of what it's like. Oh, it's good. Yeah. So funny, though. I like looked over and I was like crying and he's just like rubbing his face. He's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I know. (laughs) I know. That's sweet. But I hope we learned our lesson. (laughs) No rattling chairs. Yes. I'm just a delicate little flower. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I'm just a delicate little flower. I'm just a big weak baby or whatever. I'm a big just, weak girl. I'm just a baby. I'm just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get into that on this. On okay. that note. On that note. What is creativity and stuff? <laughs> Honestly, I feel like we're just getting more and more unhinged. Yeah. As we're approaching our one year, we're just like, whatever. Whatever. We're trying to get back to our, like, our original videos where it was less of us, like, reading information and more of us just, like, Talking, talking. So, and with that, <laughs> just comes unhingedness. Mm-hmm. Unhingedness. Right. So creativity. Right. Mm-hmm. What is it? Why is it important? And how does it contribute to holistic well-being? Exactly. Um. Okay. So, creativity, according to psychologists, are things that are new and useful, aesthetically pleasing, or appropriate to task. And so it's the use of your mind, imagination, and experiences to create something new. Mm-hmm. It's often, or no, it is associated with the right frontal lobe of the brain, which is in charge of organizing, initiating, planning, and using your emotions to achieve a goal. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really, creativity is a really important life skill um, that just allows us to think outside the box and solve problems and come up with really innovative ideas. And it also gives us a space to, um, like self-express and it boosts our mental health and enhances mm-hmm. personal and professional development. Um, and so it's just a very valuable asset mm-hmm. in various areas of life. And when researching this, it was kind of cool to see how many areas creativity actually plays a role. Yeah. Because I kind of think of it as like creativity is just art. Yeah. But then they were like, no, creativity is so much more what? than just art. Yeah. Well, I mean, on that note too, like my creativity comes more in an artistic form very much like mm-hmm. i'm very visual i'm very able to we're not gonna say shit in my brain yeah i'm very visual yeah i'm able to look at something and be like okay this goes here this goes here this goes here and it looks good yeah right or i'm able to like um play around that way but my dad is very analytical mm-hmm. but he also is a creative thinker in the right. way he problem solves yeah he uses the analytical side of his brain of like the steps and step process mm-hmm. but using the step-by-step process to and the numbers 
in a very creative form as well. Yeah. So it's just, it's interesting to, my mom was also very visual though. Mm-hmm. She was very um, hands-on science and crafts and things like that. Yeah. That's so fun. Where I'm like interior design and aesthetics and my dad's like problem solving, but it's all creativity just in different modes. Yeah. I feel like I'm really excited to do like science experiments with my kids, mm-hmm. but I'm going to need like, specific ones to mm-hmm. do so then like in that same way where i'm creative but i need like a recipe for it you should talk to you my know? mom you should talk to my mom she yeah like even her little stuff. her weird um like funnel thing yeah the tornado yeah those are just you made that yeah and i would never think of that right mm-hmm. but yeah maybe i'm just more creative like your dad then just yeah. in like a very analytical mm-hmm. but you can problem solve things in a mm-hmm. Again, if you if you look at a problem, how do you solve it? Right? Do you go step by step of things that you already know to yeah. solve that problem, or do you try new modes? Oh, I go step by step. And see, I'm one to try new modes. Oh, interesting. And so I find a weird little convoluted way to get there. Mm-hmm. My dad does a step by step way to get there. Mm-hmm. We both get there. Yeah, exactly. And that's ultimately what matters. Yeah. But however, education says you should do the step by step way, not the convoluted way. Yeah. Because that's a show your work. Side yeah. Of exactly. And it's kind of funny because Bryce mm-hmm. and I, I think Bryce and I are both um, the step by step, I think. Mm-hmm. So if there's something that I can't get, um, I'll like try what all the steps and then he won't like believe mm-hmm. that I tried all the steps. So then he'll like try all the steps and then we'll just like end up at the same place like, oh, oops. But then he's better of like bringing in the convoluted ideas where I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like. Well, it just doesn't work, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We'll just throw that out and move on. Yeah, definitely. But but on this note of brain and creativity, what's fascinating to know is like everyone talks about Einstein as being the most brilliant um, human alive, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Bri- Einstein's brain was biologically different than most. And this is something that I didn't mm-hmm. know until today. Yeah. But it makes sense. Yeah. And so Einstein's um, parietal operculum, wow, operculum, uh, operculum, operculum sure. region. We'll just say it fast. Did I <laughs> study the brain for four years? No. Um, <laughs> fake news. Uh, it, so his parietal operculum region was associated with, which is associated with reading, writing, and speech, was actually missing in Einstein's brain. And so this allowed his inferior inferior parietal lobe which is associated with synthesizing information from different brain regions to grow 15% wider. So he's actually able to make connections that most people normally wouldn't make. Which is so cool. And I find it really interesting that like mm-hmm. a whole piece of his brain was just like not there, but he's still like a fully functioning human mm-hmm. and just exceeded or excelled in other ways. Well, it's like they made um, It's... It compensates, mm-hmm. right? It fills in the blanks and it compensates. Same thing. Like some people are born without kneecaps, for example. So you just build more muscle in that area. Yeah. Or even like when, cause you can survive on one kidney, but when you take one out or donate it or whatever, the other one grows bigger to compensate for it as well. Yeah. Which is definitely. craziness. So Einstein's Sylvian Fisher was also partially absent, which researchers believe that this may have enabled neurons to communicate better. Hmm. Also allowing the creative neuron neuronal process like to excel Mm -hmm. and he also had more glial cells relative to neurons in area nine of the prefrontal cortex which is associated with planning attention and memory and area 39 which is associated with synthesizing info from other regions 
that's so cool i didn't know that like the brain was divided into like actual areas mm-hmm. which is so cool because i only have like a very basic mm-hmm. understanding of the brain but... i think you would have thrived in psychology oh 100 percent, yeah like i think if you were to go back and redo your degree i think you mm-hmm. should have done like forensic psychology yeah i want to do more of like a i want to do forensic psych and bio mm-hmm. which is what i should have done from the start <laughs> but hey live and you learn you exactly know? hindsight's always twenty twenty. yeah oh my gosh sorry uh one day i was hanging out with my roommate and mm-hmm. it was 2019 and we were approaching new year's and she's like oh my goodness after new year's it's gonna be the first time you've ever seen 2020 <laughs> i was like that's hilarious <laughs> right i was like that's so mean <laughs> she's Blind like i'm race. sorry it was right there oh um, those memes right now that are killing me are like the it says whatever, and then, like, in brackets, it's, like, blank Riz. Did you know Riz is short for charisma? Yeah. I did not know that. You know Dupe is um, short for duplicate? Yes, I've put that together. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is something we actually, like, struggled with? Okay. <laughs> but then I'm, like, over here not knowing what Riz is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's I love funny. it. Okay, anyway. um, So... Another way you can kind of think of creativity is through the word innovation. And I feel like that's a more like STEM um, term mm-hmm. for creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of just broadens the scope of what you think creativity is. And so um, even to be innovative, you need to be fairly creative because you're mm-hmm. inventing things and you're thinking of things in ways that other people normally don't. Yeah. Which is creativity. And um uh, Albert Einstein has a quote that says creativity is intelligence having fun and I think that is so fun yeah I was like that's such a great way to think about it because it really is it's just yeah. like you're just playing yeah yeah which is so sick yeah so most of us this was actually really interesting possess the skill of creativity when we're born like we're all born with creativity mm-hmm. but as we grow up we often like unlearn it Mm-hmm. which is really weird and so there was a test done in 1968 by george land and it's just called the creativity test but i couldn't find it because i wanted to take it <laughs> but his test looked at children at the ages of 5 10 and 15 and he found that the level of creativity at age 5 was 98 percent, but by 10 it had gone down to 30 percent and by 15, it was down to 12%. Well, and the 10, the, the reduction for age 10 um, also correlates to the fourth grade slump mm-hmm. that I mentioned earlier, yeah. which developmentally, um, when you're around fourth grade, so around the age of 10, mm-hmm. um, your development of reasoning and ability and logical pro- thought process happens. Yeah. And so at that, at that time, as that process of your brain is developing, it might actually mute your creative process because you're trying to think of reason and practicality rather than imagination and explore yeah that's so cool i didn't think about the correlation between that Mm -hmm. and so he also gave this test to um 280,000 adults and found that the creativity score was around two percent which is so low Mm -hmm. but i also wanted to find out like what he was using to measure creativity and that's the issue right with tests yeah is like well even the test we took for um shadow work it was like click to see your wrong answers and i was like how can there be wrong answers it's myself like you don't know so it's the whole like 
what did George Land define as creative? Yeah. Right. What were the brackets of creative thinking versus logical thinking versus mm-hmm. you're just a potato? Exactly. Because <laughs> I feel like everyone's creative in their own way. And I do agree that not a lot of us have like had the chance to like really explore it mm-hmm. to its full potential. Mm-hmm. But it's just bonkers that creativity is at 2% as adults. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, well, that's fun. So again, this also kind of, I guess, then ties into modes of thought, right? So there are two modes of thought that we have. Mm-hmm. So there's convergent thinking, which is very analytic. Mm-hmm. So it's deliberate and rule-based. It unearths relationships of causation. It's conductive to manipulation of atomic elements. Right. Um, so meaning, like, this is what I know. Mm-hmm. This is This can be placed here. It's not like a hypothetical whatsoever right it's kind of like the way like me and your dad think versus Mm -hmm. the way you think yeah yeah and then there's divergent thinking which is associative and it's spontaneous and intuitive it unearths relationships of correlation and it's uh, conductive to the analogy of metaphor of breaking the box right of thinking outside the box and yeah being like yes there's this potato in front of me but what if this potato is not actually a potato Mm -hmm. what this potato is just like stardust well and it's the whole like Mm-hmm. the creating an alarm clock or energy or whatever with a potato right mm-hmm. where i'm like oh i can turn this potato into so many foods and then you'd be like i can power a light bulb or whatever yeah. that thing is right like yeah like oh i wouldn't have thought of that yeah exactly <laughs> so it's like thinking of something outside of its normal intended use mm-hmm. and then so when we talk creative psychology they often break down like degrees of creativity And so big C is historical creativity. That's very much what you see with like uh, Da Vinci. Mm -hmm. He would have been a big C creative landmark. Yeah, just out of the box. Mm -hmm. Then there's pro C, which is making a living through creativity. So that's like artists and musicians and anyone who you think is in a creative field, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And so many individuals have no desire to take creative activity to a professional level. Their creativity serves to express themselves, sort of emotions, explore ideas and life experiences. And they just happen to get insight. That's pretty cool. The spotlight on them. Right. And then they're like, suddenly you're on stage and selling out concerts and doing all these crazy things. Right. Yeah. So and then there's little C, which is new and significant to the individual, but it's very personal experience. So it's like. You figuring out a different spice blend in a recipe that you like mm-hmm. better than the original recipe. Right. You diverged off that path and you're like, actually, I'm going to add time in it today. I'm going to see how that tastes. And right. Actually, no, I like that way better than no time. OK. Right. Because I was going to ask, like, what the difference between little C and like big C would be, mm-hmm. because I feel like through all like historical creativity, they did have like. A significant mm-hmm. meaning to the individual, to the mm-hmm. artist that was making it. But it also has a significant meaning to the society around that. Right. So it was not only the person being like, this is brilliant. It was everyone else being like, yeah, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. Whereas me changing my recipe isn't going to be like, yeah, yeah. The whole world's not going to be like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Yeah, it might not. Right. Yeah, so exactly. Um, and then there's mini C, which is where everyone starts out off as. And so mini C is new to the individual, but not significant to the individual. So it's everyday creativity and it's often what you see in toddlers as they're learning. Right. Um, so it involves a novel interpretation of experiences, action and events. It begins in infancy and continues throughout life. And it um, and a hint for encouraging mini C 
It's when you're encountering something new, continue to ponder all the micro decisions and feelings that went into it until it feels like a part of you. So can you give me an example of what that would be? Like, would I'm encountering Simon Terry. Okay. I then ponder all micro decisions. Yeah. And feelings that went into this. So it's like. About the purchase of Simon Terry or the naming of Simon Terry or the placement of Simon Terry. Okay. Just everything. About his existence? Yeah. Okay. Until he feels like a part of me, I guess. Like, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Okay. So My analytical end- brain is struggling. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So with Simon Terry, mm-hmm. how did he become significant to SCS enough that we have put him front and center in our stage? We took a funny photo in my dining room downstairs but prior to that he was in every single episode just kind of peeking why did we place him in that episode to peek to cover the outlet yeah. <laughs> so what about you wanted to place that cover the outlet with him i don't know he was just convenient was it a creative thought process was it intentional well like it looks good on camera it just mm-hmm. added a little bit of flair yeah but it also was serving a purpose so it was an intentional it was a it was an aesthetically pleasing look but it was also had a purpose yeah so what's the definition of creativity i don't geez louise (laughs) let's go back to what you just said up top what did i just say up top it's new and useful excited and pleasing and appropriate to task okay well that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) okay wow and so now you've adopted simon terry as i'm less creative (laughs) that feels so small to be creative (laughs) like you know <laughs> I'm like one of those stage magicians there. Like, so literally. What was, your, what was your initial card? Yes. <laughs> Two of time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. That was cool. That worked out really well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's super fun. So there's, there's that. And so when we're talking about um, big C creativity as well, there are some developmental antecedents mm-hmm. for it. Um, so the first one being low parent and childhood intensity. Wow. Low parent child <laughs> intensity and childhood adversity. Right. So a low parent child intensity, does that just mean like interaction? Yeah. Okay. So if we're talking about attachment styles, this Mm -hmm. would probably be a very disorganized parent. They didn't really care what the child did. Right. It's very hands off. Um, Yeah, we're not. I don't really care what you do. It's fine. Okay. They're not um, harping on them to get like academic success and different things like that. Right. 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 They're more like, you know what? Just don't die, please. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. Um, and then childhood adversity kind of goes without saying. <laughs> and so the relationship between childhood adversity and creativity is very complex. Um, there are factors including like uh, parental fostering of intellectual stimulation, mm-hmm. parental tolerance of autonomy, mentorship and role models, getting good marks in school. Um, not always important for creative achievement, but yeah, that's something that even like a parent that harps on you for yeah um for example i know in certain countries there's a lot of like if you don't get a good grade you get like beat oh my gosh yeah for it yeah and so well even like a big part of creativity is just critical thinking yeah and we've kind of lost a little bit of critical thinking in school but yeah that's still a huge part of like i don't know getting good marks in a sense yeah hypothetically but if it's not like if you got a 79 and they wanted an 82. Yeah. That's the kind. It's whatever. And yeah, right. who defines what a good mark is? That's very like individualized. Yeah. Yeah. And then something to note is that your grades at 18 don't predict your success, but your creative thinking at 18 does. 
Yeah. Because it's the again and again and again, it comes out where it's no one cares about what grades you got in your degree. Yeah. How you use your degree is what's more important. Exactly. And so. And that's what I've been talking to my sister about is because she's doing really, really well in school, but like maybe not grade wise sometimes, but I'm like, your employer isn't going to look and say, oh, in animal health nutrition, you got a 65 instead of a 92. Yeah. They're going to be like, can you solve this problem with the tools you have available? Exactly. And that's what matters. And that's, yeah, that's arguably more important Mm -hmm. than a higher grade. And so that's where fostering more creative thought, I believe, is the key. Mm -hmm. 100%. So, yeah. And it was really interesting because when I was like growing up and learning, I feel like critical thinking was something we were always kind of doing, but it was never given a term until mm-hmm. university. Yeah. And then all you ever talked about was like cre- or uh, critical thinking to the max. Yeah. But it definitely, we're not fostering it so much anymore, Mm-mm. which is one of the things that are kind of causing us to lose our creativity. Well, particularly in North America too. I mean, in Finland, it all is creative thinking and subjective and you do a lot of group work and a lot of interpretation. There's no right or wrong answers, mm-hmm. which was weird. Yeah. For someone who grew up in North American education. Yeah. Um, and then going there and being like, oh yeah, you don't need to read the textbook. Here's a couple of PDF articles you can just like browse over and we're going to discuss it yeah you have to read it for discussion so you have to read it in a critical thinking lens to be able to form your own thoughts on the paper rather than be able to like tell you the key points of the paper exactly which is it felt easy in some mm -hmm. ways for me but it's also more practical well it's so so difficult uh, for myself especially, to switch over from writing what the teacher wants to hear mm-hmm. to writing what you actually think. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of the standardized tests and stuff that we do, we're just memorizing the information on it, regurgitating it, and then throwing it out. Yeah. We're not actually learning or retaining any of it. Definitely. Which is heartbreaking. Yep. But, um, yeah, so like we've kind of said, growing up can sometimes cause you to lose your creativity as we saw with the creativity test, mm-hmm. um, another thing that can kind of cause you to lose your creativity is that like your need to make money mm-hmm. has kind of squashed your creative side because mm-hmm. arts aren't necessarily valued as mm-hmm. much as they are. Mm-hmm. And so when someone goes to like art school, you kind of like guffaw and you're just like, <laughs> I don't know why that <laughs> I don't know why that was the word that came out. But you know what you mean? You kind of just like scoff at it and you're <laughs> like, yeah. Scoff and guffaw. Scoff and guffaw as someone who's choosing art school because you don't view that as like a quote unquote real job. Yeah. Even though, why shouldn't it be? Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Um, so often, like, you might have to find another job to make money to live because arts aren't valued. And then that will be exhausting. And then you'll kind of stop being an artist and then you'll lose your passion. And then mm-hmm. that's sad. Yeah. Um, Another thing that we were kind of talking about before this was that um, like pharmaceuticals are kind of taking away our creativity. Mm -hmm. Uh, More and more kids are being diagnosed with ADD or ADHD and then given medicine that will calm them down. But it also causes them to lose their creativity as their true self is being repressed. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's some evidence that individuals with ADHD are more creative because of their lack of filter and uh, most often creative individuals are more likely to have ADHD as well. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. It's very sad because I feel like mm-hmm. my brother definitely, if we had 
gone to public school, he definitely would have been like diagnosed with ADD and been classified as like a problem child just Mm -hmm. because he couldn't sit still. Mm -hmm. And so that's where homeschooling was a was very beneficial for him because he could just sit at the table from nine until noon, learn what he needed to do in whichever way like mom was able to kind of get to his head. Yeah. Like, yeah. okay, we're going to do this, but you don't learn that way. So we're going to fix it. So that it's this way. Yeah. And then he could just play all afternoon instead of just forcing him to sit in the classroom for eight hours yeah. learning one way. Yeah. Yeah. That um, makes sense. Another way you can lose your creativity is if you're not getting enough sleep or enough good sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of like your brain is tired. And you've heard a lot about that in the last episode about our book. Mm. We talk Great book. So good. So good. Great so book. good. I love it. Um, another way is if you're watching too much TV because it basically just turns your brain into autopilot mode. Mm-hmm. And I find that a lot. That really mm-hmm. affects me. I find if I start like if I like I'm groggy in the morning, I'm like, oh, I'll just watch an episode or whatever. My day is shot. My brain will not turn on. It takes so much to like wake it up again. And see, it's so funny because like that's my morning routine is when I'm alone, I guess I should say. Like mm-hmm. I, um, since seeing Chad, we talk in the morning, right? I don't feel a need to scroll on social media or watch TV, but when I'm on my own, mm-hmm. I want to, um, eat my breakfast, sit in silence, watch my show, and then I can switch my brain into like work mode. Yeah. And go from there. Wow, I know it takes such a long time for me to switch from like TV mode to work mode. Okay, so that's it's, why it's easier for you to go work mode, TV mode, sleep. Yeah, very mm. much so. So I kind of have to be careful of the way that I structure my morning so that I can actually do things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another way you can lose your creativity is you're just too tired. There's mm-hmm. so many things to do in a day. So when you finally get a chance to relax, the last thing you want to do is like get creative, right? Like your mm-hmm. brain is tired. You just want to go to sleep. Or just zone out or watch TV so your brain can finally have a chance to be off. Yeah. And kind of like we've said, our education system is stifling creativity through standardized testing. I feel like that's a very much a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the article that I was reading was interesting. I was trying to find its bias because some of the opinions that it held were out there. Um, but one of the examples it used of the negative like aspects of using standardized testing was your driver's test Mm. and i was like why should our driver's test not have one right answer yeah right like that feels like something where it's life or death like driving you need to have specific rules for that everyone has to know how to play the driving game exactly otherwise it just gets disastrous like we have such strict rules for driving and there are still so many accidents and so many people who quote-unquote can't drive yeah right like I feel like that's one spot where it's good <laughs> standardized testing. But I feel like yeah. just for general education, it's kind of unnecessary because we're not learning anything in school, really. It's how you use it rather than what you're learning. Exactly. And we're not like, mm-hmm. we should also be learning like how to, what a mortgage is, how to do our taxes, how to cook, how to clean, how to do laundry, how to mm-hmm. do all of that thing where once you actually move out and you're on your own as an adult in the world, you're not just like, well, <laughs> well, and the whole th- concept of modern education was to create robots mm-hmm. to work during the Industrial Revolution, right? Which we've done a really good job of, <laughs> more or less. But now, now people are like, mm, actually, maybe not. We're yeah. not into this anymore. Yeah, we're just like, mm, no, thank you. And so, and I think honestly, lockdown mm-hmm. did a lot of that. Of people yeah. being like, actually, I don't want to drive and be a cog in the machine. Yeah, and- Unf- yeah, like COVID 
being a mass disaster was also really good for kind of waking people up and being like, oh, why am I driving two hours to work to then work eight hours and then come home? I like my home. (laughs) Like, like what? Yeah. But even um, it creates a bit of a struggle for kids nowadays when they're graduating and they've just been used to like memorizing something, taking a test and then never needing it again and not actually like thinking yeah and so then when they go to a job where you're like no you actually have to think for yourself yeah it's just it causes panic it's too hard and they just want to go home yeah but definitely that is a conversation for another day and it makes me sound like i am 100 (laughs) when i talk about that no but it's true though it is there's so many yeah you need to know how to think and function for yourself Mm -hmm. and that's one thing that is very much lacking because of the whole be told what to do yeah nature of education once we bring back a little bit more creativity it'll just be easier and a lot of the reasons why we're losing our creativity um it's more so that just that we're like losing our inspiration yeah we're not so much being inspired you need to to find your why exactly in that sense oh great tie-in we're all in here right um and so to put this into like creative psychology terms the barriers to creative problem solving um there's three main categories. And so one is irrelevant information where you tend to get bogged down by irrelevant constraints. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I need to drive to the grocery store, but there's construction right here. And you are only concerned about the construction right here. You're not thinking about what other ways can I get to the grocery store? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so in that case, it's irrelevant yeah. because your whole point is to get to the grocery store. Yeah. But you're like, ah, but construction. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, there's a detour. So yeah. just take that. Don't exactly. think too hard. Exactly. I struggle with that a lot, especially when my driving anxiety was like really high. Yeah. I would be like, okay, well, I need to get here. Oh, well, it's really difficult to get here. And I have to take this one exit that I don't yeah. want to take. So then I either wouldn't go or I'd go some really long convoluted way to somewhere else where yeah. going this way, but taking a different exit or just taking yeah. that exit would have been totally fine. Yeah. Or yeah. an alternate example of this too would also be, okay, I need to go to the grocery store. But my tire's flat. Mm-hmm. So I can't go to the grocery store because my tire's flat. Instead yeah. of pump Just, up the tire, yep. drive to the store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, option two is functional fixedness. And so you perceive an item only in the terms of its most common use. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I guess, with cooking, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to use these tongs to stir the pan. But I only normally use tongs to take things off of a baking sh- a cookie sheet. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So your only use for tongs is to take things off of a cookie sheet, but it can also be used to mm-hmm. reach chips on the top shelf. It can be used to stir things in a pan. It can be used to. Exactly. I don't know. Pinch your partner's bum if you so desire. Well, and it's the whole part <laughs> of just like. Like growing up on a farm, you kind of learn how, learn how to like Jimmy rig things. Mm-hmm. So you're just like you're finding a different use for this thing that wouldn't commonly be used for. Like instead no. of hinges on most of the gates, we just have Baylor twine. Yep. It doesn't work, but it gets the job done. Yeah. It, it holds it. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're the, not out and about, so yeah. I guess it's doing its job. Yeah. But yeah. And then uh, option three is your mental set. So you basically just resort back to problem solving strategies that you've used in the past and have worked in the past. Yeah. And that's the only route that you can possibly do. That makes sense. Which is something you tend to. Yeah. 100%. Uh, like how oh, this works so i'll handle. just do that until mm-hmm. i grow tired of it <laughs> yeah yeah and then perhaps the biggest barrier overall um for all of these examples 
is allowing stress to get the better of you mm-hmm. and make you dwell on the problem rather than the solution. So in that case, it's good to walk away, calm down, and then reapproach the situation. Yeah. That's where sleeping on it is actually like the whole concept of sleeping on it comes mm-hmm. from this. Well, and what we've talked about in the last episode with the book is that um, he talks about how like practice plus um, practice doesn't always equal perfection, but Mm -hmm. practice plus good sleep Mm -hmm. then equals perfection because you need a chance for your brain to actually absorb and understand and create Mm -hmm. those neuronal connections for you to actually do it. And sometimes when you dream, Mm -hmm. you can find solutions in dreams. Exactly. Those neuronal connections. Yeah, exactly. Which is so fun. And so why is creativity important? Why do you care? Yeah. Um, why are you here today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it lets you break patterns and see the big picture. It mm-hmm. keeps things fresh. It keeps the mind active because a big part of creativity, creativity is constantly thinking and connecting ideas with one another, which keeps your mind active, as you've heard us talk about already. Mm-hmm. Um, it often builds confidence so that especially with problem solving, mm-hmm. when you're like given a problem and you have confidence that you can just think of a new way to solve it. It's mm-hmm. just going to be easier. Mm-hmm. Um, it can reduce stress. And so thinking and engaging in creative activities produces a similar effect on your brain as meditation. Mm-hmm. And so by being creative, one can achieve kind of like a flow state. Well, and that's, what I, state. that's what I've said too. like when I get in a meditative state mm-hmm. when I'm painting a room. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just focused on the brush, like not touching the, br- the ceiling and mm-hmm. how I'm going to dust these baseboards before i have to tape them off and do all these different things like those small tasks very much put me in a flow state oh interesting and i lose all track of time that's craziness mm-hmm. i yeah i cannot say i have the same experience i feel like but you do for other things like for when, other when things. you're researching i think you would say yes flow state. i do get into like an adhd hyper focus mode yeah yeah 100 percent. and so my adhd hyper focus mode is when i'm either organizing a room mm-hmm. or redesigning yeah or both yeah yeah exactly yeah again mine's more analytical whereas yours is more associative Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um it can help you succeed in business it can help you build lasting relationships it allows you to have a different perspective on life so instead Mm -hmm. of staring ahead at your life as a single path to your destination you kind of start to see the side roads bridges and back alleys Mm -hmm. and that's something that i've started to do a little bit more this summer is just like saying yes to more things Mm -hmm. and it's been super fun been a little bit chaotic but it's been lots of fun it's been so chaotic but it's been so much fun um it can bring people together it can change your perspective on education it allows for self-expression um i already said that it can help you live longer because it reduces stress um and the most important thing with creativity is the willingness to take risks and experiment and so even if that means making mistakes along the way. Yeah. And I know that for myself um, in particular, I get so afraid of making mistakes that I'm not willing mm-hmm. to try that. But I feel like it's so important to do that anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Creativity requires a certain level of openness, curiosity and flexibility to explore new ideas and possibilities, which can lead to breakthroughs and innovation. Mm-hmm. And this will be got our buddy Freud. Yay, Freud. And so Freud's perspective on creativity was that creativity results from the tension between reality and unconscious wishes. So for power, love, etc., and therefore creative processes releases this tension in a publicly accessible form. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So he's saying like you wanted to paint this naked body because you actually wanted sex. Right. But instead of 
going out and forcing someone to have sex, you painted a naked body. Yeah. And that was a publicly accessible form. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That makes sense. And so also under Freud's terms, you have like the pre-conscious, which is the state between conscious and unconscious reality where the thoughts are loose and vague, but interpretable. And so viewed by some as the source of creativity. Right. And then there's adaptive regression, which is the intrusion, intrusion of unmodulated thoughts um, into consciousness, consciousness during creative problem solving. Wow, that was really difficult for me to say. <laughs> Um, as well as during fantasy, intoxication, sleep, and psychotic episodes. So it's this combination of you using your pre-conscious and your adaptive regression that promotes creative thinking in Freud's terms. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And everything with him is just around sex. Yeah. <laughs> everything is sexual in Freud's terms, but yeah. that's besides the point. So fun. But adaptive regression is what I think I'm most interested in in regards to creativity yeah hence the terms like because of the whole fantasy and um sleeping and how that promotes neuron development well it kind of feels like with dreaming like Mm -hmm. a dream like dreaming could be a form of adaptive regression because it is just like Mm -hmm. intrusion of thoughts just like you have no control over that Mm -hmm. but it's so fantastical yeah i guess yeah well and then there's daydreaming mm-hmm. as well right and mm-hmm. then there's lucid dreaming and then there's nightmares and then there's regular dreams and how do all of those work together create different neuronal connections like how many times have you had a nightmare and then all of a sudden now you have this fear in real life oh yeah so that built that connection of oh no this is a fear mm-hmm. right and it was fantasy well and it's so weird because with the dream book um he says that like mm-hmm. your brain doesn't know that your dreams aren't real. No. Like it fully feels those feelings. Yeah. And so I one time had a nightmare of a girl on my bus. She was an older sister of like one of the girls I was hanging out with and she absolutely terrified me. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize to the full extent until I had a dream about her and then I kind of forgot about that dream until I got on the bus the next day and I was just like petrified like mm-hmm. shaking with fear of mm-hmm. this girl and then I was like why? Yeah. But to this day, I'm still a little bit wary. I have no idea. I can't even remember her name or her sister's name at all. Yeah. But I'm like, I still hold this like little bit of fear because my brain can't like I can't convince my brain. that I was like, why did that show up? Yeah. Like there must have been some reason. But yeah. And on the same token, it can be flipped in reverse. Right. Where it's like you can change a fear and make it positive because Mm -hmm. your brain doesn't know what's real and what's fake. Yeah. I should start doing that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, but we'll see <laughs> start doing that well should because it just seems to like i have a lot of nightmares right mm-hmm. so it kind of works in the opposite mm-hmm. and so i'm we're recording this before we record the dream book episode but um i'm excited to see what he says about nightmares mm-hmm. because i have so many questions because mm-hmm. what i've learned about dreams so far from what i've read in his book like is that my section yeah oh fun yeah you get dreams and um beauty and um like the negative benefits of like using sleeping pills and stuff on sleep so it's like very much geared towards you and then mine was like the anthropology behind sleep oh perfect and i was like dude this is amazing perfect perfect (laughs) yeah it was actually really funny yeah um so some things you can do to regain your creativity if you feel Mm -hmm. like you're kind of in a slump Mm -hmm. um so creativity, as we've said, and we will probably continue to say <laughs> throughout this episode, is that it's about using your mind, imagination, and experiences. 
So the first thing you can do to tap into your creativity is to break a pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, We often do things over and over in repetition, but by switching things up, we can look at things at a different angle, which can kind of help like reset our mind and open up neuronal uh, pathways. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing you can do also is to turn to nature. Going outside to clear Mm -hmm. your head can allow ideas to come to you and your mind to reset. This one we've been a very big proponent of. Well, and that was the the whole starting point for my paper as well. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, where am I most creative? What do I do at that place the most? And yeah. I'm like, I sleep. Yeah. A lot. When yeah. I'm at the cabin. Yeah. And so I'm like, is my sleep pattern um, reliant, like adjusting to my creativity? Mm-hmm. Well, it's even just like you're relaxed enough to be creative. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so that being said, it's also important to take time for like self thinking. Um, so if you're in a rut in life, you can take some time to think about what makes you happy. And then by doing that, you can kind of awaken some of your creativity or like mm-hmm. go to the cabin, like you said, and just sleep and relax and just like mm-hmm. allow your mind to slow down enough that you can think mm-hmm. creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, another way you can regain your creativity is to be an infinite learner. And so this just means be someone who's always learning, be always open to possibilities and new mm-hmm. things, which I feel like it's something we're kind of losing. Well, and you should do that just for brain health mm-hmm. as you age. Well, exactly. And even just to live life, like you should always be open to learning something new and having your mind change, especially with how fast things are changing in a day to day basis. Anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. um, traveling is another one of the best ways to get inspired, because when you travel, you see new things and meet new people. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also listen to music, which helps take your creative mind off your problems and gives you new energy. Yep. Mac is big into that. Yep. Both travel and music. Yep. I'm big into reading books, which also helps your creativity because <laughs> a good book should give you dozens of ideas that you've never really thought of before. Yeah. So like that's my creative juices flowing. Yeah. Uh, videos can also inspire creativity in similar ways that books can. So that's like Mac watching a whole bunch of DIY videos mm-hmm. and just feeling so inspired by them. Yeah. Um, socializing for some people can help regain your creative side. It's a great way to just network and bounce ideas off each other. It just allows you to like be exposed to other people's ideas and then kind of like bounce ideas off them and just like I think it, we both do that one. I think we do, yeah. Especially it's just with each other. Yeah, very much. So like us socializing is just yeah. us bouncing ideas off of each other and becoming creative together. Yeah. Which is why we could never live together because it would just be exhausting. <laughs> Yeah. Um, But then this next one is interesting because isolation can also be inspiring because it forces you to realize what's most important in your life and what makes you feel alive. And it just kind of gets rid of like any distractions around you. Yeah. Isolation is best when you find the people in your life most exhausting Mm -hmm. or find the primary players in your day to day. Yeah. To be draining. Or even, yeah, like when you're just feeling burnt out or whatever, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's nice to just take some time and retreat into yourself and just kind of like chill. Yeah. Um, Dreaming also allows your mind to connect with our deepest desires and fears. And in a sense, it kind of frees our mind, uh, which can inspire, inspire, not expire our creative side. Yeah. So we kind of talked about that. And so ways to foster creativity in children is allowed time for pen play motivate them to explore different domains and find domains that they enjoy provide opportunities to develop their talents create an environment that the child feels safe and comfortable in in order for them to express their ideas um enjoy and reinforce creativity encourage independence encourage expression of feelings yeah and so this can also i mean you can take those same tokens for yourself if you're trying to relearn your creative side oh 100 well. yeah 
I feel like your inner child or whatever. Exactly. Because like, what else do we talk about? (laughs) (laughs) But it was really interesting because I feel like this is what my mom tried to do, like when she was raising us and like with homeschooling and stuff. Yeah. Where she was very much like giving us the freedom to do this so that we could just Mm -hmm. be children and just run around like wild banshees exploring our creative side. (laughs) It must have been really annoying for her, but hey, it's a price you pay. (laughs) And so I couldn't be Journey without uh, researching creativity throughout history. (laughs) So uh, the perception of creativity has changed a lot throughout history, actually. And it was really neat to read this. Mm -hmm. And so in ancient Greece, uh, the concept of art was the was um, the subjection to rules. So if you were an artist, you followed like explicit rules instead of like having the freedom to just do whatever yeah um except if you were a poet if you were a poet it was just kind of like you're just off doing whatever you want um and art the word for art was um like techni so um which is like the root word for technique and technology okay which i wouldn't have thought of Mm -hmm. like they both are kind of like creative and like forms of art in a sense well, technique would be um, painting, sculpture, and like dance. Like Technology would be analytical usage of here's this hatchet. What can you do with a hatchet? Exactly. Which is kind of cool to see that that's also considered creative because we've kind of like lost it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Rome, it was a little bit different where visual artists and poets thought um, were thought of as sharing their imagination and inspiration. So instead of like having strict rules they were allowed to just like be artists mm. in a sense they were like had a little bit more freedom i'm an artist i'm an artist <laughs> that's not a roman accent but hey whatever the uh, french accent the french accent a very poor french accent <laughs> <Yeah>. literally <laughs> <laughs> and then under medieval christianity the latin oh. word creatio was designated to the to god's act of creation from nothing mm. and so they, you weren't allowed to use the word creation to um, just talk about human beings. Like human beings weren't allowed to create things because mm. that was God's thing. Okay. Which is really interesting. Yeah. And then in the 17th century, a Polish poet, um, his name is really long and hard to pronounce, so I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> he applied the word creation to poetry. Mm-hmm. And then for a century and a half after that, it was still met with resistance because of its original, like, religious meanings. Yeah. And then in the 19th century, once a more of, like, a religious skepticism started. Yeah. That's when um, the change in definition of creation happened. Okay. And so now, or in the 19th century, art and only art was considered creativity. There was no mm-hmm. other form of it until the 20th century when the discussion of creativity in the sciences and in nature was kind of started. Yeah. Which is kind of cool to see how it like progressed through time. Yeah. That's yeah. really fascinating. I was like, cause I hadn't thought of it being so religious, Mm-mm. but it makes sense. Right. Well, everything was religious once upon a time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like quite literally everything you did <laughs> was for God yeah. or a form of God exactly. or whatever. Yeah. It's but. just wild. Cause yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but mm-hmm. That's a little bit about the concept of creativity through time. That's fun. A very brief uh, Spark Notes version, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of fun. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so to wrap this up, um, before we get into our segment, I'm just going to touch briefly on some tests that have been used for measuring 
creativity. Mm-hmm. And so the first one I'm going to talk about is the gestalt closure test. And that one involves a series of incomplete pictures that partially depict something. And so you cut and then you monitor like how long it takes before you actually see it to determine how creative your brain is. Oh, interesting. Um, and so it's the focus of this is the interest is um, whether the gestalt is solved. Oh, okay. And so we'll pop up a photo here of the first one of that mm-hmm. or the version of that. And then so Waterloo then changed it up and was like, actually, we're going to take this one step further. So the Waterloo gestalt test um, modified the GES to provide info about the pre-insight phase. Um, so it's not interested in the final solution, but it's more interested in the steps to towards it. Oh, OK. Um, the show your work side of creativity. Right. And so the hypothesis behind this was that people detect coherence before they can identify it. So you can like understand what the picture is showing you before you can actually like identify what it is. Yeah. Okay. You can understand like, oh, this is an image. I know what this is, but I don't know what it is. Right. So to speak. Yeah. And so we'll put up an image of that too. Yeah. An image of the Waterloo one that I have, for example. Um, Do we tell them what we see in each? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So in the first one, what did you see? I saw a clown juggling something. And yeah, it was pretty cool because he had like a little nose and a mouth and then like a little bow tie and a little hat or like a spike of hair or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I see someone riding a horse. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. Yeah. And so I guess in many ways, the gestalt test can be similar to like the blob test. Mm-hmm. Very but much the blob so. test was used to identify traumas within you. <laughs> yeah. Not I've been traumatized by a clown. Have you been traumatized by a horse? I mean, I got thrown off a horse. So it works. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yep. All right. And then for the second one, mm-hmm. what do you see? I didn't really see anything until Mac pointed it out. Okay. But so, in the first one, I kind of see like Iron Man's mask. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the whole concept with, with the Waterloo is like it has all the same components. It's just shifted in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so in, um, Image A of the second image. Yeah. Or section A of the second image. I don't see anything. I, yeah. Maybe I see like um, uh, a bowl cut, like a puppet with a bowl cut. I can cut. see a lot of like, like a fa- very facial to me. Yeah. But in option B, it's for me, it's very clear that it's a whistle. I know. Now, that, since you've said that it's a whistle or like you see a whistle, I can see that. But it's definitely not what i first think of when i see the image okay yeah interesting Mm -hmm. i think of like a butt butt yeah booty a booty (laughs) like peaches Mm. because of the one thing that's kind of like a little divot like a little v it kind of looks like the top of a butt crack but what about the shady and stuff what yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) okay that is my first thought as someone who only sees a whistle that's like nuts to me (laughs) Um, and then so another type of test, there's a dyads of triads test, which is also the dot test. Oh, I've heard of that one, I think. Yeah. And so participants in this test were presented two triads of words. So there's a coherent triad, which is like a common associate. Um, so school lesson student, it's kind of what we do with the word association game. Oh, okay. In many ways. And then there's an incoherent triad, which is no common associate. So goat, plain and stone. And you're asked to find a common associate. Oh, see, I was going to do the word association game for this one before I found like the test that we're going to do. Yeah. 
Okay, that's cool. And so that one was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so par- participants selected coherent triad 58% of the time. And so this implies that even if the coherent triad is not activating common associates sufficiently um, enough to generate an answer, it's activating enough to inform forced choice. Interesting. So this plays the whole, is it a subconscious process or is it a eureka moment? Okay. Mm-hmm. Fun. And so alternatively, um, another interpretation for these results in this test um, were that participants sense an absence of coherence in an incoherent triad and not the presence of coherence in a coherent triad. Okay. So like, so with an incoherent, they're like, oh yeah, that makes no sense. Right. But they have a trouble like, like saying why? Well, with or, the here, they have a trouble finding the commonality oh, between a coherent. Oh, I feel like that's what I, that's kind of how I would do that. Yeah. So you disregard the incoherent because you're like, it makes no sense to me. Yeah. But with the coherent, you're like, ah, mm, I don't I know. I don't know what the commonality is. Mm-hmm. So do you know which one is incoherent or are you just given th- two sets of three words two and sets being of three words. asked which one is coherent, which one is incoherent? Yeah. So school oh, okay. lesson student, it seems obvious when we're talking mm-hmm. about i guess in a test situation there's also a variety of factors there yeah but if you have school lesson student what would be your a common associate i would say desk interesting what would you say desk i would say teacher that makes sense yeah that would probably be my second word yeah for some reason i thought teacher was already said but then goat plain and stone <laughs> It, it forces you to think more creatively because mm-hmm. it's a and this is where when you had Alexa and I yeah. and you like doing that doing that word association it was, it was cool. chaos it was chaos it was kind of cool to see how differently yeah. our brains work and we ended up with like Amish and the aliens and the yeah stop signs and yeah yeah all sorts of stuff that's so fun okay yeah and then there's um an accumulated clues task which is ACT and so participants were presented 15 sequential clue words that are low in association um, or low associated of solution of the solution word. Sorry. Okay. Um, and so example, it gives you. Fruit is the solution word. Okay. And so, but these are the 15 words that are so like low in association to the word fruit. Oh, okay. So red, nut, bowl, loom, cup, basket, jelly, Fresh, cocktail, candy, pie, baking, salad, tree, fly. But oh, fruit can be associated with all with of them. all of those. But as a 15 words on their own and you have to say what's the commonality, it's a little yeah. more difficult. It's kind of cool that loom is one of them because it's like fruit of the loom, mm-hmm. which makes sense. But when you think of loom, you're like not thinking of fruit. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I just want to play word association games after this. <laughs> um, and with this one, they were allowed clues and the amount of clues taken were knocked off creative activity points or whatever. But oh, OK. And then there's the partial words task, um, which is a verbal analog of the Waterloo gestalt closure test. OK. And so the question of this test was um do partial real words semantically activate the entire word integrated fashion Ooh! and so they had the the participants of each had to guess the word and then if they were incorrect they had to try 
try another letter. Oh, so it's kind of like Wordle. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. And and all of these tests are now created very similarly into apps and stuff and that mm-hmm. people are using for brain health. And so actively trying to force yourself to think creatively for brain health. Yeah. But Ooh. all these are originally based off of psychology. That's so tests. fun because Wordle, I've, I haven't downloaded it or played mm-hmm. it. Because I get overwhelmed with the amount of options that there can be. But I feel like once I got into it and once I got my brain thinking that way, it would be mm-hmm. very fun. Yeah. And so these are some of the, yeah, the key tests that I have mm-hmm. from my creative psychology class. But those are some, it's interesting to reflect on and see how it yeah. is being used today. That's sick. And so I guess to wrap this up, we're going to do our own test journey found a divergent association test. Mm-hmm. So. And so it just um you it, uh, the instructions are to enter ten words that are as different from each other as possible in all meanings and uses of the words. So it's kind of like the fruit one. Okay. Except they all have to be different. There needs to be no relation. Mm-hmm. And then it's only single words, only nouns, no proper nouns, no specialized vocabulary. Um, think of the words on your own, and then. It kind of decides how creative you are. Okay. So I don't, I haven't taken it yet. I just, it could be a dud, but All right, we'll, we'll see. We'll give it a go. Yeah. Okay. I'm so bad at this. My creativity score is going to be so low. I'm curious now. Um, I need one more word. First words can relate to basically anything. Well, now, okay, so here's why I'm curious now, though, because I just went for it. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think. Oh, interesting. Like, all you do is think. All I'm doing is thinking. And so I'm wondering if you overthinking is going to ha- give you a higher score than me. I doubt it. I'm curious. I have my answer. Okay, I'm just going to do. Oh. Did you get kicked out of time? Nope. Um, oh, I pressed a button and I opened a tab. <laughs> Submit. Okay. What'd you get? I got 89.44. So you did have better than me. What the heck? I got 77.31. Okay, we're not that off. So my score is higher than 45.9% of the people who completed this task. Uh, the average score is 78, and most people score between 74 and 82. Yeah. So you went way higher. Yeah, I'm higher than 95.66% of the people who have completed this task. Yeah. Wild. I want to take a screenshot of this. <laughs> I think you should do that too. Okay. So that answer then, you actually just like thinking about it? Yeah. You had to fire up, I guess, more neurons to go for it where I just kind of went, yeah, sure. Yeah. And just like spit fired. Mm hmm. Um, what were the ones okay. that you wrote down? I went bike, psychology, tabulate, because I pressed the tab button. Um, moon, hammer, fire, and website. That's a good one. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good. What did you use? Sign, toilet, ball, ear, line, apple, ocean. Those are, yeah, they're totally unrelated. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And so what it says here is like the calculation details is the score is computed by taking the average semantic distance between each of these words. Mm-hmm. Um, and the distances are computed by measuring how often the words are used together in similar contexts. Yeah. So I'm sure because you use more complicated words, I wonder if that 
like tabulate. I don't know how many times that would have been used in this particular testing, right? Yeah, I feel like it would have been very slim. Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah, we'll so, post. I think we should post results because I like the little graph here. It's kind of cool. It kind of shows like the likelihood of them being used together, I think. And see, I was like panicking that me thinking so hard would make me not creative. Well, I was just curious about what, it, what, what if it was going to be more or less. Yeah. And it turns out it's more. So the an- analytic side of you is more creative than you think. Weird. Why does it have to be so stressful? Creativity shouldn't be that stressful. It could also just be the tism. Yeah, it could also just be the tism. It is a divergent thinking task. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> oh my gosh okay well that is how to tap into your creativity Mm -hmm. um scs style yeah yeah so we hope you guys enjoyed and learned some stuff and this one felt a little non-directional it felt chaotic to begin with but i think we really pulled it together yeah it feels like a good episode i'm excited about it yeah i can't wait to edit it yeah yeah all right (laughs) i'm back joy i'm it's juice we are sometimes just about slaps on all social media platforms our website is sometimes where you can find all links to our video and audio episodes in addition to our book club reviews and our affiliate links and under each book club review we also have links to books like you can use to Mm -hmm. purchase books yep um and if you like what we're doing or if you just like us give us a like (laughs) you know what's up uh it helps us out we appreciate you big time and that's pretty much it. That's the key factors, I think. Yeah, I think so. Alrighty. All right. Toss off for now. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>